Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to the next edition of the Faith Roots podcast. We're talking about the spiritual man. I don't know how long uh, this series is going to go. I, I, I began it thinking it would be a five-part series, and we're in part five right now, but I can tell you I'm nowhere near done. And But that's okay because this is a, so, a very, very important subject. And uh, if you don't have an understanding of this, your entire spiritual walk is going to be limited. Uh, so let's go to our text, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual discerns all things." Well, I want to recap what we talked about in the last podcast, and that is seeing is not believing. And the Bible shows us a number of people who were able to see and yet did not believe. The person who sees the miraculous power of God and reasons it away denies himself any opportunity to develop faith. And, and there's really no more uh, important example of this than Pharaoh. Um, you know, Moses came to him and said, let my people go. And then Moses brought about uh, the first two plagues. The plague is the waters being turned to blood and the frogs that came up all over the land. And you know, Pharaoh had uh, magicians who were able to do the very same thing themselves. And so uh, they duplicated uh, those miracles. So Pharaoh had no faith in the God of Moses because of that. He didn't see anything special about what was being presented to him. But then Moses came out with lice, and when he put his rod on the uh, dust of the Egypt and, and, and lice came up on all the Egyptians, uh, the magicians tried to do that, and they couldn't. And uh, they said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. But it didn't break Pharaoh at all. It hardened his heart. And so just because you see something doesn't mean you're necessarily going to believe it. Faith is created in us when we hear and receive or accept the Word of God. Now, that's the difference between a natural man and a spiritual man. And to me, the greatest contrast in the Bible between a natural man and a spiritual man is found in the story of David and Goliath in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And uh, I want to turn you there, and uh, we're going to read parts of that chapter and uh, first thing I want you to know is that every attack of the enemy is a direct assault against the Word of God. And in other words, uh, everything that Satan comes against you to do in some way or another is designed to lessen your faith in God's Word, in God's promises. He wants to keep you from trusting God. And so uh, I want you to look at how he tried to intimidate uh, the men of Israel. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 17, verse 4, there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span. And there are varying estimates of what that was based upon how you measure cubit. But at any rate, he was so intimidating, and his voice must have been intimidating as well. Uh, that, that it struck fear into the heart of all the people. And he had a helmet of brass on his head, 
and uh, he had he was armed with a coat of mail. The weight of his coat was five thousand shekels of brass. He had greaves of brass on his legs, a target of brass between his shoulders, and the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his spear's head weighed six hundred shekels of iron, and one bearing a shield went before him. So uh, Goliath is coming. And by the way, if you you look at this carefully, you can see that he is symbolic of the Antichrist because he has six pieces of armor. His spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and uh, his height was six cubits and a span. So he has a 666 stamped on him. And what this tells me is, is Goliath came to challenge the men of Israel, but he wasn't alone. I believe there was a very, very powerful and intimidating demonic spirit present on that battlefield. If it was not uh, just a very powerful demonic spirit, it would have been Satan himself. And so, you know, there are varying classes of evil spirits, and some are much lesser than others. And I'm convinced that very few believers ever come directly into contact with Satan himself in their lives. Most of the time you're battling a demon, and those demons, uh, they vary in strength. But, but this was a very powerful, powerful evil presence that was coming against the people of Israel. And uh, it, it brought them to a paralysis. Uh, King Saul fell into this paralysis after listening to the words of Goliath. And God wanted to help the people of Israel. No doubt about it. He was looking for a place to help. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking to show himself strong on the behalf of someone. He's looking for a person that he can use. Obviously, there was no one on the battlefield that God could use because in order to be used, you have to be spiritual. God has a very difficult time using natural men to bring about his redemptive purposes. And, and sometimes he uses people that don't realize they're being used. But when you are going to lead redemption, which is what was called for here, you're going to have to be a spiritual person. And there was no man in Israel uh, to work through. The Bible says the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. So Saul was a natural man. He was full of fear. And you cannot listen to the words of fear and doubt and unbelief if you want to have a spirit of faith. You know, Proverbs 4.23 says this, Guard your heart. King James says, keep your heart, but a better translation is guard. Guard your heart. You know what it's like? It's like a well. For out of it are the issues of life. It's like a well. You have a well on your property. You don't leave the hole in the ground uncovered. Uh, in, in the old days, people put rock rings around those wells to keep animals from falling in, to keep people from falling in, to keep polluted things from going down into that well. And then they would put a cover over the well. And that was to protect the well. Why? Because life resource comes out of that well. That's what your heart is. And if you want to have a heart that produces faith and victory and peace, you're going to have to put a lid on the well. You can't just allow anything and everything to come into your heart. 
And the reason that these people were filled with a fear and a paralysis is because they had been listening to everything Goliath said. Two times a day he came out and he spoke intimidating words to them and uh, it, it kept them from being able to receive faith. So Saul was a natural man. Why? Because he could only operate on what he was seeing. He had no uh, operation in trusting the unseen promises of God. And this confrontation was a test for Saul. Now in the scriptures, and you see it over and over again, 40 is associated with a test. Jesus went to the wilderness for 40 days and nights, and he was tested just like the children of Israel went into the wilderness. And uh, they were tested for 40 years. And, and the first generation of Israelites was not ready to go take the land of Canaan. It was their children who rose up and went in under the leadership of Joshua and Caleb. And so uh, 40 is the number of testing, and Saul was tested tested 40 days, two times a day, he had an opportunity to go out and face the Philistine giant. He wouldn't take it. God would have been with him, but he was a natural man. Now, David comes onto the battlefield, and this is God's integrity. If David had been sent on the first day of the appearance of Goliath, which is what a lot of us would like, and, 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 and you know, I don't like some of God's timing that I've had to deal with down through the years because there are times he waits till the very last minute. He doesn't always do things early. Uh, one time I was reading the story of the Exodus and I just told the Lord, I said, I'm going to tell you because I'm thinking it and you know I'm thinking it, so I'm going to go ahead and tell you. I'm not being disrespectful, but I don't understand why you didn't have the Red Sea rolled back so that when Moses and the children of Israel came up to the shores of the Red Sea, they did, did go down under and, and that be it and it never got close because none of us likes a close call. And I'm just talking to the Lord about his ways. And I don't know much about him at that time. I'm, I'm learning, I'm growing. And he said, well, you would have had to drown Pharaoh in the desert sands three to four weeks later because he was so determined to get to these Israelites that he would have just found them over in the wilderness on the other side of the Red Sea. I waited so that he could come into the trap. And can I tell you this, and this is so very important, when things go on and on and on and on, sometimes it is because, many times it is because, God has set a trap for the enemy and he's waiting for everything to move into place before he springs the trap. And he has a real purpose in it. I know when I first did kids' TV shows and I was trusting God for the money for TV equipment, and I was able to get $300,000 of the $500,000 that I needed to outfit my studio. So I had to make a decision. What do I get? And logic led me to get all of the recording editing equipment because cameras are mobile. You can move them. And they were still available in Tulsa for me to rent so I could rent cameras. And, and we, I noticed, we only taped with cameras one day a week. And we did the rest of the week editing all of the raw footage we created on that one day. So it made sense not to get the cameras. Well, the cameras that I wanted were about one hundred and eighty dollars to $200,000. I couldn't come up with the money. 
uh, and, and no matter what I did, I couldn't come up with the money. Now, I had cameras every time I needed them. God still met my need. I was able to rent them, and then I, I borrowed them on occasion and uh, from other ministries that were very generous with me. And so I was able to get by until we got the right cameras. But what happened is this. In the six-month delay between the time that I got the other equipment, the first part of our equipment, to the time that the cameras actually came in, there was a great technological breakthrough I had no knowledge of, and it was the invention of the chip camera. And the old cameras were tube technology, and the new camera that came out was a chip technology camera, which lowered the price dramatically. And now cameras that once cost $60,000, I could get the same quality for $20,000. So the delay worked in my favor. And I've taught people ever since, don't fear delays. If there's a delay that hits you, it's because God is at work. He's doing something and let him work his work, and don't be moved by the delay. So the delay was on purpose because God wanted Saul to have every opportunity to step up and fight, and, and he could never say to God, God, before I had a chance to step out there and fight that giant, you sent this kid in to uh, take over my job. All right, now, the Scripture says that David was not intimidated by Goliath because he was a spiritual man. He that is spiritual discerns all things. Now, we hadn't talked a lot about this verse, 1 Corinthians 2.15. The spiritual person evaluates. That's what discern means here. Evaluates all things. Uh, in other words, the spiritual person has the ability to say what is of God and what is not. You know, I, it's amazing to me. I, I will see certain things as an attack of the devil and other people around me, oh, that's not an attack of the devil. That's just certain. Listen to me. It's an attack of the enemy. He's coming in some way or another to keep us from propagating the Word of God or trusting in the Word of God. He's coming to challenge the Word of God, and those things are attacks of the devil. Now, David had great faith in the covenant God had made with Abraham. And I, this may go over your head for a minute, so be patient with me. It may take me a little bit to explain this. The fight that you are in is bigger than you. It is way bigger than you, and it doesn't have to do with you and you alone. This fight between the Philistines and Israel was bigger than David. Now, David played a key, key role. But this was a much bigger fight than just David and Goliath. This was a challenge to the promises God had made to Abraham. And uh, there were two things that God had said to Abraham. Abraham is known for two things that he brought to the program of God on earth. And they're so very important. So let's take a look at what they were. In Genesis 12, God said, I am going to make you a great nation. I am going to bless your family. So the first thing is that God said, I am going to create a covenant people from your family. So what Abraham gives us is a family to belong to. That's first and foremost. Secondly, this family had to have a chosen place to live. And God said to Abraham, 
in Genesis 15, 18 through 21, and numerous other places. In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, Kenizzites, Kadmonites, Hittites, Perizzites, the Rephaim. So God had given Abraham not only a promise for his family, but God gave him a promise for a land. And concerning his family, God said, I will bless them that bless you and curse him who curses you. Now, this is what's important. When David goes out to fight Goliath, this is not a personal battle. He does not see this as a personal battle. This is a covenant battle. He is battling something that is way beyond his personal challenge. In fact, David at the time before he came to the battlefield was not directly under a threat. He was safe where he was. But he comes into this theater and he perceives what is happening. And he realizes, wait a minute, this is a fight between God and the devil. And I am on the right side and I have a covenant with God. And he is putting himself in that covenant. And the way that he speaks to Goliath tells me that he was warring covenant warfare. It was not just a personal boast that he would make to Goliath about what he and his own faith could do. He was boasting in the covenant and he was hiding himself in the covenant that God had made with Abraham. And that's where great faith comes from. And I wish people could see this that when you name the name of Christ, you become an ambassador. When the ambassador to England from the United States goes to his place in London, he recognizes this is not just about his personal opinions. He is there to represent the foreign policy of the United States of America. When he speaks, he is speaking for America. He is speaking for the government that backs him up that's so much bigger and more powerful than him. That's what David understood. And when you understand that your spiritual battles are about this great contest between good and evil, light and darkness, God and Satan, you wrap yourself in that covenant and you fight with that covenant. In other words, you, you disappear into that covenant and you become a part of it and that's where your power is. And oh, this is such a, an important idea. I, I, I'm going to have to take an entire uh, message here and, and just get into that, how to hide yourself in the covenant. So I'll tell you what, let's go ahead and break right here and we'll pick this up in the next podcast and we'll talk about how we wrap ourselves in the covenant and how we bring the power of the covenant to bear in our spiritual fights. Thank you very much. 